When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by On3 National Analyst, Sam Spiegelman. Sam lives and uh, works out of New Orleans, Louisiana, the Big Easy. Uh, and uh, I brought him in today, not only to introduce him uh, to the inside Texas fan base and Texas Longhorn fans who've read a lot of what he's written, uh, but also to ask him some key recruiting questions about what Texas is doing, not, not, not only with Arch Manning, but with some other players in Louisiana in this cycle. Uh, Sam also covers the state of Texas for on three and various other national recruits uh, that we'll check in on as well. Uh, Sam, thanks for joining the program. I'll start you off by asking you the million dollar question. Uh, Arch Manning, what, what's the latest you hear uh, there in New Orleans? Uh, yeah, well, well, thanks for having me, Bobby, for sure. Um, it's great to be here. Um, you know, I think, I think we'd all like to know what's next. And I think that's probably the biggest thing um, of, of where we're at right now. We're obviously waiting to hear, you know, from the horse's mouth for the first time in, in months at this point. Um, you know, the most recent situation was he, he rushed from a basketball state championship and very quickly made it to Georgia, Texas, and Alabama. Um, the thought is that obviously those three, you know, not that he's eliminated anyone, not that he's narrowed it down, but those three have gotten subsequent visits after what was a wild coaching carousel throughout the landscape of college football. Now, Texas remained in a good spot. Um, obviously, Sark and, and Milby haven't gone anywhere. Bill O'Brien didn't leave, didn't leave Alabama. Um, and Todd Munkin stayed at Georgia. Now, some few pieces here and there, but you know, the Mannings have been anticipating a crazy coaching carousel. You know, you have to expect that nowadays that coordinators and assistants are going to move and, and change teams. And they've kind of endured that. Um, you know, I think the big thing is, is whether if and when Arch is ready to commit. Um, at the, from the, the intel that I've gotten is that he's still torn. Um, it, you know, like I said, he's been back to Texas. He's been back to Bama and he's been back to Georgia. Um, you know, it, it, when he's ready to sort it through, because that's the thing the Mannings as traditional as it sounds, when he makes his decision, there is no flip or decommitment. Um, that's why they, they stay out of the public eye. So it's their business and they can, they can, if, if it's 51, 49 or 33, 33, 33, whatever you want to believe or whatever you're hearing, they're not doing it until they're 100%. And from that point on, until they get to that 100% mark, it'll either be before the season or after um, we'll find out when he's ready. Uh, but um, as of right now, it does not appear that a decision is on the way. Yeah. So you, you for a timeline perspective, you just don't have a, a good feel right now, or there's nothing that's definitive in your mind. Uh, that's no, definitely I, I, on its way. I think that, um, you know, originally the family arch, you know, if, if they were comfortable making a decision, they would have liked to have it before he begins his senior season. Um, Arch, uh, from, from all accounts and, and from just getting to know him over the years, he's, he's a football head. Um, you know, that's why he's connected with certain coaches throughout his recruitment. Um, so I know that especially coming off the basketball state championship, um, 
he's anxious to get back to the football field. Um, you know, he's, he's always out to, I don't even know if you want to say prove something, um, but he's out to compete and, and win with his teammates. And I know that that's, uh, it's now obviously all been leading into his senior season, which he's excited about. Um, you know, if he's not ready to commit, he's not going to, you know, put the attention on him. He's not going to draw attention or command the spotlight. He'll make that decision. And if he needs more time, I've, I've heard that he's content. And obviously all at least the, the three or four or five schools that are that are waiting for his answer are willing to wait for him because he's that kind of generational talent that they're willing to wait if he needs more time. So right now, I think the timeline is, is whenever Arch determines that he's ready and, and comfortable with his decision. If that's before the season, I think that would be great for the family. But if not, you know, they're I think they're wrapping their heads around the idea of possibly holding off. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like um, I feel like there's been so much attention uh, toward him. Uh, I, I really I don't know about you. I've been doing this for almost 30 years now. I don't know or I don't remember a recruit that got this much attention for this long a period of time. You know, there, there have been great recruits. Don't get me wrong. Arch Manning is not the first blue chip recruit or number one player in the country, but it feels like, and, and I could be wrong, but I'd like to get your take on it. It feels like this one's been in, in the making or in the process longer. It's been, it's been in the oven, so to speak, and it's been brewing or baking for quite a while. Obviously I think that comes with his last name, right? Um Anything they do most likely is going to be under a microscope. It doesn't matter whether they go to a, a big college program or if they go to Stony Brook or something, they're, they're going to be under a microscope, right? And so my question is, do you, how is he, you, you've met with him and talked with him, I believe. How, how does he take this all in? Kind of a laid back guy, kind of a type A. I mean, I, I used to talk to Peyton, for example, when he was in high school. He was type A from day one. Uh, Eli was more laid back in high school. You know, give, give people a sense, and that's just from me talking to them way back when, give people a sense of where maybe Arch also fits on that spectrum, I guess, of, of Sure. No, that's a great question. Also, great way to squeeze in Stony Brook uh, with the <laughs> Long Island guy on, uh, on the show. Um, you know, what you started to say um, at the top is, is we've never seen anything like this. There's been a hundred number one recruits and you think about, you know, the NFL today, um, you know, uh, you know, Pat Sertan Jr. was a first round pick and his dad played in the NFL, but you know, the, it's, the Mannings are the first family of football, whether you like it or not. It's, it's just so true. Um, and the way they go about business is, is just, it's atypical for what you would expect with the way that college football recruiting is covered in 2022. That's not to say that they're going about things wrong or, or the way that we go about things is correct. That's, that's not saying any of that. It's that they believe that their family's, you know, college decision or really Arch's decision, which is being made independently of his family and, you know, with the support of his family, you know, it, it doesn't need to be dissected. Every, you know, he doesn't have to have a leader or narrow it down according to what reporters want him to say. And, you know, by the, the lack of access, you kind of eliminate, you know, you know what it's like to be in, you know, to be in the recruiting questionnaire room. Um, some, some kids don't always say the right things, but Arch, to his credit, um, I remember my, when Arch was in the eighth grade, I went to Newman um, to cover a rising senior. Um, he wound up at Virginia, Brandon Williams, and the coach had mentioned, like, we're going to have a, a quarterback competition this, this spring if you come back, and it's going to be, uh, you know, the, the rising senior and then this, you know, Arch. 
That's all he said. He didn't say Manning. So to give you credit as a, you know, whatever recruiting writer you want to call me, to just know who Arch was as a middle schooler just gives you the, the context of what kind of situation we were dealing with and, and in New Orleans. And that's obviously torpedoed nationwide. And um, I feel like with all the attention, with everything he do, does under a whistle, and he's a 16 or 17 year old kid that has to limit on what he can post on social media. I don't, I don't think he wants to post a lot, but he, you know, that freedom to do whatever he wants is curtailed for sure. Um, I think he's handled it incredible. Um, he's honestly one of the nicest. He is a laid back guy. He is a football nerd. Um, I think he gets that a lot, obviously from, from his dad. Um, but he, he does bear a lot of similarities to Peyton. Um, I remember speaking to his dad at Manning camp last year and, um, he had just graduated uh, Peyton 101. Um, they were they were going over all these courses. He flew out to Denver and hung out with his uncle, which has to, just has to be the coolest thing in the world. And you know, just talking to Arch, you know, he just he kind of his in the past has described what a football Saturday, a football Sunday has been like. Um, and I know that the family has been with him on all of these journeys, so to game day visits, and you know, I, I think it's been Cooper with him the last couple of weeks. But they're doing things as a family as close to normal as they possibly can and um you know he's he's a really great kid the kind of kid that asks you how you're doing um and and I think that says a lot about him that you know he could be mad at the world if he wanted to be but uh he doesn't have that uh attitude at all and I think he likes doing the interviews even though they are limited I think he enjoys it and getting to show everyone you know I'm not only a good football player you know I got I'm, I'm pretty cool upstairs and uh we're gonna the world's gonna get to know him sooner or later yeah, I think that that's, that's a great profile, and I appreciate you uh, uh, giving us that insight. Uh, from eighth grade on, that's just, that's just cracks me up in some way, but to your point, he's, that they are the first family of football in, in so many respects, so uh, that's interesting. Uh, I want to move on to some other guys in the state of Louisiana, because I know you know them firsthand as well and have met with them. Uh, his teammate, Will Randall, Texas has offered him as a tight end, uh, the tight end at Isidore Newman. Uh, where is he at in the decision process? And is Texas a, a real player there? Yeah, I think Texas is a real player. Um, I, I, I'd imagine he probably is, is on a similar, you know, timeline as Arch where he would love to have it done, you know, before his senior season. But in no way is, is Will's recruitment attached to Arch's. They're teammates. They're very close friends. They have some schools that they are looking at in common. But, you know, they are independent of one another. Um, you know, last year at this time, I would say Will had just, um, he had just got an offer from LSU, which as a New Orleans kid was something he had been looking forward to. Um, he had the offer from Texas. He had been visiting quite a bit and has continued to visit. And I've been told that SMU is also a team that he's pretty high on um, in terms of academics and, and life away from football. Uh, Will's dad play, uh, went to Alabama. So I'd expect him to get to Alabama at a certain point if he hasn't already. Um, and I think it's, it's that small nucleus of schools that, that Will is going to be choosing from whenever he's ready. You know, all of those schools, you know, are, are also looking at other tight end options. So Will hasn't been super open. I think he likes Texas. He's obviously returned there. Um, I'd expect him to head back to LSU at a certain point. But, um, you know, the Alabama offer was one that, that caught me as, as interesting, given his family's connection there. And now if a visit would, would turn out, obviously with Alabama also recruiting Arch. Um, but I think it's those three or four moving forward with a decision probably sooner rather than, than later. Um, you mentioned that, you mentioned Alabama. It's my understanding that Texas, Alabama, and Georgia have not offered another quarterback. As a recruiting analyst, what do you make of that? 
Well, they've offered quarterbacks for sure. I mean, um, you know, the, the understanding that at least I have and, and is that, you know, they are, they're going to wait to, you know, they're the, the girl that want to ask the prom says no to them and, and who can blame them. Um, you know, in a, if you're, if you're Texas, you know, you come from a, a quarterback factory state, you know, there, there are sleepers, 2023s in the state that don't even have power five offers that, that when you have Quinn Ewers as your, your current guy, you know, you can afford to, to skip a cycle. Um, you can't get the guy you want. Um, they can also, you know, turn the tide on some, on some other targets, but it, it shows some confidence. Um, Alabama obviously is, is, is recruiting. Georgia is recruiting other, other players, but that, that means that they obviously all have some degree of confidence. And, and that means that the Mannings haven't said, no, we're out of it yet. Um, so it goes to show you that some of the reporting that, that on three has done and, um, you know, some of the insiders there, are, you know, again, it's very hard to contract information from the Mannings. They are very tight lipped and they don't just, you know, it's not water. It's just, you know, it's a lot of hearsay. So just finally the accuracy and the validity um, and then hope that it lines up with what other people are saying um, is hard. But what we've, we've definitely come through is that all three schools have, have pretty high levels of confidence for Arch. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I, mean, I think that makes sense. I mean, he, you got to try to go big, right? I mean, that's, that's what it's all about in football. It's not, uh, it's not about second place. Um, we're speaking <laughs> with Sam Spiegelman of uh, On3, national recruiting analyst, lives in New Orleans, uh, gets a chance to see a lot of these uh, Louisiana kids in person. Texas is also recruiting three other guys uh, from the Bayou State. Um, Jordan Matthews, defensive back out of Baton Rouge Woodlawn. Uh, Derek Williams, uh, another defensive back out of uh, New Iberia Westgate. And Zalance Hurd, big lineman, two-way lineman out of Monroe Neville. Uh, why don't you just take any of those three and, and tell us a little bit of what you know in Texas's involvement there. Yeah, um, let's start with, with Jordan Matthews. Um, and Jordan has, has, again, never narrowed down his list of schools, but it's always been the same kind of cast of characters um, recruiting him. It's been Texas. It's been Texas, Texas A&M, and it's been LSU, and, and Alabama has shown interest. Um, you know, I think he might be a camp guy for Alabama this summer. Um, I'm, I'm told he's not close to a decision, but, you know, all signs, again, have pointed – and link Jordan to the same couple of schools. He's, he's recently returned to Austin. Um, and with that in mind, I, I have entered a, a on three RPM pick for Jordan to, to Texas. Um, that's they've, they've just been a mainstay in his recruitment. I, I don't think a, a decision is imminent by any means, but um, every time he comes back, he has a higher and higher opinion of, of the Longhorns. Um, kind of like we talked about with Arch is, is coach Sarkeesian has taken a, 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 a large role with recruiting Jordan um, and he's done that with a lot of a lot of these, you know, out of state guys. Um, Terry Joseph is a Louisiana guy. He's known not only Jordan, but his entire family. Um, and then you have a guy like Brandon Harris, who is a Louisiana guy that has been through the recruiting process not too long ago. Uh, I hope I don't you know, give away my age when I say I covered Brandon when he was in high school. 
And, and Brandon does a fantastic job as one of the key members of Texas's recruiting staff. And that's what that's what's given Texas a, a, a bit of an edge and a little bit of momentum in, in the booth um, since Sark got there. And, and guys like Joseph and, and Brandon Harris and, and Coach Hankton, who used to be there, um, used to now at Charlotte. But it's a good way of getting in. Um, I like where, where Texas is with Jordan um, right now. They are my pick still a ways to go from what I understand, but I like what they've done in, in, in fortifying themselves moving forward. Um, Derek uh, Williams out of, out of New Iberia Westgate. Um, it seemed like maybe he was going to not end up visiting Austin for a bit of this spring. He had always had plans to get back. Um, he's someone who's extremely co close with, with Coach Joseph and, and Coach Harris, um, but he did end up making it back. What I think we're seeing is A&M is kind of taking over for Michigan in his recruitment. And again, it's, it's an LSU, Alabama, Texas, and, and Texas A&M battle emerging for Derek um, with Michigan and Ron Bellamy being a part of it. But Ron Bellamy just moved over to the receivers coach at Michigan, which I think hurts their chances of getting a kid from Louisiana up in Ar Ann Arbor. Um, but yeah, no, Brandon Harris has, has, has done a fantastic job. You know, Derek is a bit of an introverted kid. Um, not one to do a lot of talking and then Brandon has found a way to connect with him. Um, you know, there's the recent visit again. Um, I haven't heard directly back, but there was a reason he wanted to keep going back there. He's been there as much as any school in the country, along with LSU and Bama. Um, so at this point he's visited those three along with A&M this spring. Um, he's a kid, uh, that I believe is going to take this a little bit deeper. Um, I could see maybe a couple of officials this summer, but he's going to take some game day officials as well. Um, and in the end, uh, I fully expect Texas to have a hat on the table with, with Derek because of how much they've, they've progressed this far in his recruitment and continue to get him on campus, especially recently. Um, and with Lance, now you want to talk about introverts. Lance is as hard to figure out as, as any kid, and he comes from Monroe Neville, um, where, where Texas has quietly done a really good job for years, even obviously, as you know, before SAR got there recruiting the northern part of the state. Um, they came pretty close with uh, Kendrick Law last year. Um, you know, the thing about Lance is, is he's kind of been kind of considered a, a hometown lean. Um, he just recently got that offer, but, and an LSU has been recruiting him, but it's been kind of a awkwardly slow process. Um, I don't, I don't particularly view him as someone who's, who's trying to commit right away. I think he's got a lot of learning, um, and educating to do in this process and, and kind of figure out where he's at first. Um, but he's coming off the visit. Um, we know that Alabama that LSU and Florida State or other schools that have, have already kind of begun to, to build a foundation with him. Um, again, it's a lot of unknowns, but you're starting to connect the dots that Texas is, has been putting the work in. Um, and, and quietly, I like where they're at. Again, LSU, Bama, Florida State, you know, especially those two SEC schools, I can see him given um, they've had a ton of success in that part of the state in Louisiana. But Texas is, has also quietly been building that that rapport with him. And as a different kind of kid, you can never really predict what, what Mike clicks with him. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me, um, Jerry Hamilton and speaking to him, another on three national guy, also works with us at Inside Texas. He seems to think that Zalance ideally wants to, a chance at defense, whereas right. a lot of teams are trying to recruit him first as an offensive player. Texas appears to be willing to give him a chance at defense first, even going so far as Bo Davis, the defensive line coach, being his primary recruiter, whereas LSU, the, the hometown school, even though it's a state apart, essentially, north and south there, um, 
uh, LSU, Brad Davis, the offensive line coach, is the one that made the offer. Is there anything to that? That's number one. And the second question, you're, you're calling him Lance and not Zalance. Is that, is that, it, are you meaning to do that? Because I've always called him Zalance. So his name is Zalance. I'm just calling him Lance for short. Um, okay. Yeah, that, that's definitely a thing. And, and we've seen this before, especially in Louisiana. If you remember uh, Jerry Tillery or, or Dar Rosenthal, who's about to get his name drafted. Um, you know, what I, what I would expect is, is he's going to have to sit down with his coaches at Neville, who's obviously playing both ways. And he's going to they're going to have to figure out whether that position is, is ultimately the deciding factor or not. Um, I can tell you that, you know, from the LSU side, I, I know that they're going to let him camp. Um, and, and kind of, hey, if you want to play D-line, let's, let's see. And if you want to play O-line, let's see it. Um, and nowadays with the transfer portal, I, I kind of see, you know, if he wants to go somewhere for position, it better work out because, you know, it, it's happened time and time again. I do think that will, you know, be one of the primary factors for sure, especially with a kid in that part of the state where he's allowed to play on both sides of the ball. Um, but as he continues to start to pick up these visits, which he's really just doing for the first time, going into his senior offseason, senior season, um, those relationships and comfortability are going to loom large because you you know as well as I do, they'll say you can play both positions, but eventually you're going to have to pick one and try it out before you try the other. So, um, and, and whatever guides him to, to whatever school, he's going to have to be comfortable with the coaches first and foremost. So if he does change his mind, he at least likes his, his environment. Yeah, all five of those guys we just talked about in the state of Louisiana, Arch Manning, uh, Will Randall, Jordan Matthews, Derek Williams, and Zalance Heard all on the Austin campus in the last two weekends. Um, any, any uh, I know you've got your ear to the ground down there. Any uh, sleepers that you think Texas is in on in the state at this point? Um, at, the, at this point, no, but, uh, you know, you, you, I want to say sleepers. You know, this spring, I expect those Texas coaches to be heavy, active in the boot. Um, it's been a while since coaches could be on the road as much as they have been, and we know how hard they were in Louisiana um, in December and January, trying to close out the 2022 class um, and obviously start to look ahead to 2023 and 24. I would expect a lot of these young guys in, in Louisiana to start uh, picking up some more offers. You know, they've, they've started to recruit 2024. Texas is in a good spot early with a guy like Wallace Foster out of uh, New Orleans, Warren Easton. Um, so they, they, it's, it, it's still, it feels so weird because, you know, 2024 was kind of on the back end of COVID. Um, so there's still a lot of sleepers that we're getting eyes on for the first time this spring, but I expect Texas to be very active here. Their staff suggests it, and they've been recruiting Louisiana and Texas, you know, equally the same way, you know, LSU tries to do the same with Texas. Um, that makes it a little more interesting for the recruitment and it's starting, you know, they weren't as successful. You know, you see Casey Kane. Now, like I said, I have an RPM pick for Jordan Matthews. I know that you guys have an RPM pick for, for Will Randall. You, you want to see if those trends continue and if they still keep ch taking chances on guys like that moving forward with more success. Um, thanks. Thanks for your time here, Sam. We really appreciate it. I want to ask you, uh, you go to Texas quite often, cover uh, the entire state really alongside with Jerry Hamilton. Uh, you know, who are some of the guys that you've seen and have caught your attention in the state of Texas this year uh, that the Longhorns are high on uh, that kind of, you know, resonate with you? Yeah, um, I think I think that's a pretty special receiving class um, in the state of Texas this year, and and probably two of the that they're they're in the best spot with um, Jaden Greathouse and Jonte Cook. You talked about having those two big recruiting weekends. Well, they just had both of those guys on campus last weekend, and 
John Tay was on, on campus with Arch and, and for Texas Relays the weekend prior. Um, you know, I think receiver is such a unique position nowadays, especially, you know, if we had Jerry on here, we started talking about scouting and the, the basketball team of receivers. When, when we talk about basketball, Jaden Greathouse, if that's someone that Texas can land, he's, he's kind of a power slot. And the best comp that I think I've seen for him is, is Jack Betch, which we just kind of saw him have a breakout rookie season at, at LSU, is a bigger, faster, more physical slot receiver. What he did in the state championship against Denton Geyer, one of the most prolific defenses in the state, um, no one has been able to slow him down. Um, Jerry's world is the house that that great house built. He is the fact that he's thrived on these big stages. He lives in Austin. Now, you know, Texas has some stiff competition. He's always liked South Carolina and Clemson and has a relationship with Lincoln Riley and um, in South Carolina. But, you know, that's someone who's, you know, I know they they got the edge guy from Westlake late last year. It's that's a great program that I know is it's almost cliche. They have so much talent. Guys like Colton Vasek and Jaden Greathouse, those are those are and TJ Shanahan. If you can get one or two or three of those three, I like the, um, Texas for getting building up their class with those guys. And Jonte for a slot receiver, you can't help but think about all the great slot receivers that have come through Texas. Um, you know, Evan Stewart was was a tough miss for Texas last year, but you know you you can understand that if they can get someone like Jonte, who I think has just you know, for a 5'11 skinny slot receiver has looked so polished, so explosive, so dynamic. And you, you stick him in, you know, to the guys like Jalen Waddell who have worked in, in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. I think the sky is the limit for what that offense can look like. You know, look what Quinn Ewers is, is making these receivers like Casey Kane look like in spring practice. It's got a little bit of excitement. And, and Texas is just loaded at receivers and pass catchers in 2023. And Jonte and Jaden in particular, you know, I think, some out-of-state schools are trending with Braylon James, who's another one of my favorites. And, you know, Mikhail Harrison, pilot, whether you like him on offense or defense, you get a couple of those guys that are that are not only in-state, but they're local to Austin, DFW. That's going to be, you know, whoever their quarterback is, and if it's Arch, that's going to be a dynamic receiving core. And I think that has to be their emphasis um, for 2023, along with the trenches, which they have absolutely capitalized under, under Coach Flood so far. Sam, really impressive. Uh, appreciate your time today. Uh, Sam Spiegelman of On3. We're going to have to do this again, Sam. I really appreciate it. And I know Texas fans will enjoy it as well. Uh, for Sam, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.